Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. It's Tuesday the 24th of September coming up. Calls for Boris Johnson to resign as Supreme Court rules suspension of Parliament was unlawful. I think Boris Johnson staying in office is going to do our country a lot of harm and no good and he needs to go. Dog breeder avoids jail after puppy farm discovered near Ashford. The officers also made a really, really horrifying discovery when they found um, the body of a four-week-old puppy um, shut inside a blood-soaked freezer. Marking 10 years of high-speed rail services in Kent. High speed's a good news story, but it needs to develop and it needs to be stabilised. Kent Online News. Well, our top story today is that the Supreme Court has ruled Boris Johnson acted unlawfully in suspending Parliament. The unanimous ruling was made this morning and has led to calls for the Prime Minister to resign. Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn says he misled the country. The Lib Dems and SNP are also demanding he steps down. And there are also questions facing the Attorney-General about the advice he gave the government. We've been speaking to Lib Dem South East MEP and Kent Councillor Anthony Hook. I think Boris Johnson should resign because he's lost all credibility. He is also lacking any credibility now, not just at home, but round the world. And we need him to represent us on the world stage and in, in Europe, of course, where there's already been a complete loss of goodwill towards him because of his bombast and the way he uh, insults other countries and so on. So I think Boris Johnson staying in office is going to do our country a lot of harm and no good and he needs to go it, it may be too early to say about whether this will bring about a general election i mean there seems to be quite a strong mood in the uk parliament that people didn't want a general election until an extension is granted because there's a fear that if an election is called that campaign might still be going on by the end of October and we'd crash out unintentionally in the middle of an election campaign and also if there is negotiation to do any Prime Minister whether it's Johnson or somebody else can't be negotiating in Brussels well fighting an election campaign at home so I expect the mood in Parliament will be to have an extension and then once that's secure use the time and space that gives to call a general election I mean arguably that's what should have happened earlier in the year when an extension was granted Donald Tusk said to Theresa may use this time carefully perhaps an election should have been called then i think johnson staying on will cause instability because you've got a prime minister now who's got a majority of minus 40 uh, and it's going to be hard to see how he can maintain stability i think if he does resign then the right thing to do would be to have a government of national unity not led by any of the party leaders not led by my party leader or any other party leader but someone who's trusted across party just to provide stability to the country uh, and allow for the the extension of article 50 to be achieved and, and then to call the election and just keep the ship on a steady course until there's an election and the people can give a verdict and and elect a different government. I think most people in Europe were expecting this result after last week because just like people in the UK, um, they read the newspaper reports of the way the court proceedings were going and the sort of comments that the judges were making to the barristers in the case and that they seemed quite unimpressed with some of the government's arguments. So I think most people were expecting um, this outcome and I think people in, in the EU will be now waiting to see 
what the the UK does. I think people will be pleased that Parliament is back because people in Europe were as uncomfortable as many of us were in the UK that, that in a democracy Parliament was suspended because in any democracy Parliament has an important job to do. So I think people will be pleased that, that parliamentary democracy has been restored today. Uh, but I think they'll be now just waiting to see what the UK does in terms of they're still waiting for the UK to table solid proposals. And I think the position will still remain as per a few days ago that it's till the end of September for the government to to secure a new de- deal or else the EU will work on the basis that one can't be achieved. And of course, they know the ball is in our court to determine what we want to do next. Um, and for my part, I think that is that we should revoke Article 50 and, and stop Brexit. Downing Street sources say Mr Johnson won't be quitting. He's in New York right now where he's due to address the United Nations overnight. He'll then fly back to London. The House of Commons will resume sitting from 11.30 in the morning, although there won't be the usual Prime Minister's questions. Kent Online reports. A man's been charged following a crash on the M20 at the weekend which killed a motorcyclist. The man in his 50s from Yorkshire died when the bike he was riding was involved in a collision with a van on the London-bound carriageway between Ashford and Maidstone on Sunday. A 31-year-old's appeared in court, accused of causing death by careless driving. At kentonline.co.uk, you can see the moment a woman faked being a victim of an armed robbery at a Thanet bookmakers. A court heard the 30-year-old who worked behind the counter at the shop in Newington Road had staged it as she handed two men carrying imitation firearms more than £11,000. The men aged 26 and 39 fled in a vehicle driven by a 29-year-old man in August last year. The four of them have been jailed for a total of 33 years. Two men have been found guilty of conspiring to detonate explosives inside several cash machines, including one near Ashford. The 27 and 30-year-olds were arrested trying to flee the country with thousands of pounds after targeting the ATM outside a co-op in Kennington in February. A court heard they were found with TNT and wire cutters. They'll be sentenced on Friday. A dog breeders avoided being sent to jail after a puppy farm was discovered near Ashford. Mark Burgess was convicted of eight animal welfare offences following a raid on the site on Old Ashford Road in Brenzit in February. The 39-year-old's been given a two-year community order and a six-month curfew. Amy Ockleford from the RSPCA says it was a really upsetting case. The RSPCA was um, alerted to concerns by members of the public who had bought puppies from this property um, and those puppies had then fallen poorly um, and unfortunately four of the dogs did actually die. Um, our officers joined police officers to execute a warrant at the address and inside we found um, 20 dogs and puppies who were being kept in really inappropriate conditions. Um, lots of them were in dark, dirty, makeshift kennels and they were really shut down, um, really frightened and a lot of them had some health problems that hadn't been tended to by vets. This case was really, really upsetting. Um, Not only did we find dogs and puppies being kept in completely inadequate conditions um, without the essential day-to-day things that they need, um, but the officers also made a really, really horrifying discovery when they found um, the body of a four-week-old puppy um, shut inside a blood-soaked freezer. Um, And obviously these are the sort of things that, you know, really do go home with you at night when you you finish your day of work. So it was a really upsetting case, um, but we're pleased that we were able to remove a number of dogs um, and that they have now gone on to have lovely new homes. 
The RSPCA's goal is obviously first and foremost always to rescue animals from suffering. Ultimately we want to make sure um, dogs are rescued, rehabilitated and rehomed and that they never have to experience anything like this again. Um, but actually seeking justice for these sorts of offences, particularly sort of organised serious animal cruelty where people are making money off of the back of the suffering of animals, is really really important to us. Um, we want to make sure it acts as a deterrent and that we seek justice for the animals and for the people that are affected. So it's really important to get cases like this before the court um, to protect animals in the future but also to protect the public. Puppy farming is a huge problem in England and Wales. Um, it's a problem that the RSPCA has been tackling for a number of years now. Um, and in the last 10 years, we've actually seen a 400% increase in the number of reports that are being made to us as an animal welfare charity about the puppy trade. Um, and there are certain counties that seem to be hotspots and Kent is certainly one of those. So it's really, really important when we have cases like this, not only to rescue the animals and to seek justice for those animals, but also to raise awareness among the public so that if they are thinking of getting a dog they can do so in a responsible way. Unfortunately there are a lot of people out there who want to use puppies um, to make a quick buck and it's very easy for them to do that. So we'd always advise people do lots of research um, before they choose their breeder. Make sure you go and visit the puppy more than once um, and ask lots of questions. Um, you can download something called the puppy contract from the internet which will give you a step-by-step -step guide on all of the things you should look out for, all of the questions you should ask and the main thing really is if you see anything that makes you concerned then don't buy the puppy walk away and make sure you alert the RSPCA and the local council. Kent Online reports. More than 20 people have been arrested around the UK as part of an investigation into suspected people smuggling in the UK. 11 of those who've been held are suspected of being involved in helping people across the channel in small boats. Hundreds of people have attempted the dangerous journey to Kent this year. The number increased in recent weeks following the closure of several migrant camps in France. Researchers found Ramsgate High Street Street is one of the least successful shopping areas in the UK. A retail property consultancy is urging Thanet Council to invest the money it's received from the government as part of the Future High Street Fund wisely. According to their Vitality Index, which looks at things like retail vacancy, Sevenoaks High Street is one of the most successful. Now, detectives think a fire that destroyed a workshop in Maidstone was started deliberately. The blaze broke out in the early hours of the morning on Gravelly Bottom Road in Kingswood nine days ago. Officers want to hear from anyone who saw a tipper lorry with a white cab that was spotted with a dark car in the area. It's claimed today plans to tackle knife crime in Kent by focusing on the sale of blades is missing the point. Members of the County Council Select Committee on the issue have been arguing amongst themselves about the Trading Standards Pilot Scheme, which would ask local retailers to carry out ID checks before selling knives. Well, Councillor Dara Farrell is leader of the Labour Group at KCC and sits on the committee. In response to the rise we've seen in, in knife crime statistics, about 152%, um, I have pushed for a select committee to deep dive into the issues behind that rise to seek to understand how we might address uh, some of the key issues that have driven um, increased rates uh, in knife crime and uh, over the space of two or three months we heard evidence from um, industry professionals in respect of youth work in agencies that deal with uh, young people in the criminal justice system and uh, also academic experts to um, ask them, you know, the real pertinent questions that are at the centre um, of these issues and, as I say, seek to understand them and how we might um, task 
the cabinet members of KCC to put into place some recommendations that might seek to address these issues. In terms of the discussion today, uh, how do you think it went really? I mean, uh, from my perspective, it seemed like there, are, there was an endorsement for the policy, but uh, Council Leader Paul Carter, outgoing Council Leader Paul Carter, did say that there are a few things that need beefing up. And I feel like that was the general consensus among, among them in the meeting. What did, you, what did you make of it? Yes, I certainly agree that many of the recommendations um, could be beefed up, and I think um, there's been perhaps a reluctance um, to shine a light on the work of other agencies and how they might support our work in tackling this issue, but I also believe the committee could have been um, potentially tougher in some areas on, on what we're doing or, or in cases of what we're not doing. And there was some debate around the extent to which cut-to-youth services have affected this issue. A lot of academic studies um, point to the correlation between cuts-to-youth services and increased rates of knife crime. That wasn't... Um, met with complete agreement from some members of the Cabinet. But obviously, these are, these are tough points to hear um, for Conservative members on Kent County Council. You know, in the li- over the last eight years, we've seen a reduction of 21,000 police officers across the country and also 3,500 um, left youth centres now out there for young people, and many indeed have been closed across Kent. Uh, I think it's an interesting point you raised because the dearth of youth services was, it was a key point that was raised in the meeting uh, by uh, Richard, Richard Long, who is one of the Cabinet members, who also talks about, in his perspective, a sort of, uh, he was disappointed there wasn't a more unified approach from the, from, from the cross-party group. Um, I mean, you had raised concerns about one of the recommendations in the report, which talks about uh, trying to, well, speaking to local traders, local retailers, uh, about uh, age checks on, on knives that are being sold to youngsters. And uh, there's a bit of a disagreement between you and Paul Barrington King about that. But do you think that's a fair comment he talked about, the sort of lack of unity among the subcommittee group? Um, I, I don't think the, the committee needs to be 100% united. We heard evidence from... Um, various different experts, as I've referred to. So obviously each individual member is going to interpret that evidence in their own way. I think on the trading standards point, officers in trading standards obviously have a key role to play in respect to the safe sale of knives. But actually I think in in this issue and the increased um, use of knives for crime that we've seen, actually um, putting too much emphasis on trading standards, I think... Um, poses the risk of missing the point and actually we need to be asking ourselves questions around why young people are prepared to carry and use knives and I think to boil it down to a simple fact of well it must be because um, traders are suddenly selling them to young people more than they were I do think really really misses the point. And where do we go from here now then so people want to know what the next step is I mean the cabinet seemed to say that they were willing to endorse it in the future if certain changes were made to it, and, uh, and it's going to go to, to, to count full council at some point. I mean, do you feel like those changes that they've asked for are going to be taken on board? And, and maybe we could outline some of those for, for listeners. I think in terms of a discussion between the leaders of political groups and the leader of the council, we'll be welcome in terms of beefing up those recommendations, um, and I'd welcome discussions to do so. I think where there's elements of soft power that KCC has in respect of schools and also sort of government ministers and the decisions they're taking, um, we could potentially uh, be more more robust in respect of um, school exclusions. We've seen clearly the link between young people that are excluded and, and the chances of them becoming involved in issues such as this. So I think we could be much stronger in calling various different agencies. And particularly, obviously, the government as well, I believe, need to show national leadership in this and we've seen from um, the select committee the house of commons select committee report 
on knife crime that demonstrates that the government well really haven't got a hand on this as a, as a national issue and, and of course for, su um, for such an important uh, subject they need to. Absolutely and just finally then I wanted to get your overall thoughts about um, what, 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 what you think you can really achieve with this particular policy um, and you know some people may be concerned that it may it may seem like there's, there's a, a big policy to tackle this but has it got any substance behind it that's, that's probably what they'll want to know and, and what, how can you reassure people that this is going to actually be an effective policy in reducing knife crime in Kent I think obviously it's difficult for us um, to completely have overall coverage of all the issues and it will rely on a multi-agency approach to this but obviously KCC's element in terms of actually being a preventative force I believe is, is strong with early investment in youth services we can dissuade young people um, from seeing the benefits of becoming involved in, in such crimes as um, of drug dealing and, and knife carrying so I think there's a key role in terms of early prevention and we heard from um, senior police officers actually by the time young people interact with the police it, it's often already too late. The plans are being updated and will be discussed at a meeting at County Hall next month and it's 10 years since high-speed rail services started running in Kent. In that time the trains have made 100 million passenger journeys covering 48 million miles. You'll probably start to see the anniversary logo on the Javelin trains as they go through stations in the county. Transport campaigner James Willis says going forward it's important Brexit doesn't cause instability in rail services. I have to congratulate the Kent Messenger on their campaign to support commuters in Maidstone and Snodland to keep high-speed services. It's really important working with the local community uh, that we can you know, stand up and say we need these services, even though there's government internal and southeastern want to use the stock elsewhere. Maidstone, Snodland, other places still need to keep their high-speed services. So well done to Kent Messenger Group for fighting for that. Certain towns such as Maidstone, the county town of Kent, need good rail service. They've been let down by the government time and time again at the moment with the instability of Brexit. This is what's being caused by it. At the moment, it's so important that Maidstone keeps its high-speed services. There are other places like Deal that have a few services. This is really important. They make a difference to people's lives. High-speed is a good news story, but it needs to develop and it needs to be stabilised. Um, in the next decade, it's really important, it's the same point, as a bit of government stability, they sort out what's going on with Brexit, Brexit's not good for the rail industry, and that new stock is ordered so high-speed services can be spread out throughout Kent, with value tickets, such as part-time season tickets, but also stock that can work uh, to new destinations, and keeping existing destinations improving, such as Maidstone, or Hastings, and the Kent coast. The government needs to really have some stability and really start focusing on looking after its voters because Kent could have more high-speed services. There is a the capacity. It's underused in terms of passenger capacity, but they haven't been able to be stable enough, the government, with Brexit to actually order a new franchise and order new rolling stocks. At the moment, there's a bit of the rail operators, the companies, I think, would like to cover different places. Uh, and most importantly, Maidstone uh, has only has three high-speed services and they're at risk, uh, basically down to st shortage of stock. Um, which is not good enough. Maystone needs its cherished high-speed service. The high-speed trains are built using Japanese bullet train technology and can travel at speeds of up to 140 miles per hour. Kent Online Sport. Cricket and Kent's Darren Stevens has signed a new one-year contract extension. The 43-year-old had been set to leave the club after 15 years at the end of this season, having been told he wouldn't be offered a new contract. But a strong finish to the Red Bull campaign, including hitting a career best of 237 runs against Yorkshire, forced Kent to rethink. 
Meantime, the club have also announced today they've signed off-spinner Hamid Dullah Kadri from Derbyshire on a three-year deal. The 18-year-old made his first-class debut in 2017, recording his best bowling figures of 5 for 60 in his second innings against Glamorgan. That's it for now, but of course, for more news throughout the day and overnight, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.